Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his nearly superhuman knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Plan with the Tax Man. Thanks so much for hanging out with Tony and myself as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. And this week, well, it's on the house. We're going to actually talk about the house and how it fits into retirement plans. But first, Tony, what's up, my friend? How are you? I am fantastic, although it's getting cold here. Uh, well, it's like in the 50s and, and raining. Man, I so. tell you, it's a crazy week. My in-laws live in the Wyoming area. And of course, I don't know, I don't know if you saw this or not, but yes. obviously Colorado got in the corner there in Wyoming. They got eight inches of snow. Um, they can see the fires and they got eight inches of snow. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely a weird weather pattern. The, we got the 2020 right bingo card, as you and I were talking before we started, no one could have guessed some of the things. We had dueling hurricanes this year. You know, they, they call it a hurricane square dance. They might touch each other and spin around. And I mean, we had the weird thing that happened there in Iowa that no one's ever heard of before. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. just crazy, just, just crazy. And then, of course, obviously all the other stuff that we don't need to get into because everyone knows about it. But it's just been a wild, wild year. Mm hmm. Definitely. So we're going to simplify it and just talk about our house. How about that? That sounds good. <laughs> we get tons of questions I love all the talking time. about houses. Well, we get tons of questions about them, right? So let's just talk about it a little bit. Whether you're thinking yeah. about downsizing or you're thinking about how does it fit into you know your legacy plans or do you want to rent, have rental properties or whatever the case might be, let's just explore some top questions uh, that relate to the home. So Tony, where do you fall on the debate of pay it off, pay off the house as soon as possible, you know, going into or, or in retirement or leading up to it or whatever, or with all the interest rates that we've seen, they're really low this year. People, a lot of people refied, you know, maybe keeping the mortgage and paying it off slowly. Where do you stand on that debate? You know, I'm a big believer in, and there it is a debate and I love to argue with clients about this <laughs> and uh, actually show them the math. But, you know, the, the old adage is, well, you know, you have a house, you can't obviously pay it off. Many can't, it, you know, all at once in cash. So, you know, you take out a mortgage and you, of course you can write off the interest, you know, for your taxes. Mm -hmm. And with today's low rates, you know, that's even more attractive because obviously, you know, it makes for the fact that people can maybe afford more yeah. you know, or keep their payments low. Right. But I'm a big believer. I'm a Dave Ramsey disciple on this. Uh, I always suggest trying to get out of all debt and staying out of all debt at, at all costs. And so I, you know, if you're asking me, I, I, I have my own house paid off. It, it was such a great deal when that happened. And I never want to, you know, have a mortgage again. But right, right. that being said, you can't just do it all, you know, in, in over the course of two to five years for most. So I definitely would work toward that goal, maybe pay a little extra toward the mortgage to maybe get it paid off a little sooner than you had originally planned and take advantage of low rates while you can. Right. But I always tell people, here's what I tell them. I said, you know, I ask them, how much is your house payment? Somebody might blurt out a thousand dollars a month. And I say, okay, so that's $12,000 a year. That's costing you out of your pocket for a tax deduction. If you can even take it. And if let's say just round numbers are in a 20% tax bracket for a $4,000 deduction. So which would you rather have at the end of the year? 12,000? Or four thousand, <laughs> right? Of course, they always say twelve. I said, then you need to pay off your house, and then you got an instant raise. But you know that's not possible. Again, you know, just being able to go out and do it 
over 12 right. months. Right. Well, but, and as we know. get closer to retirement, people do kind of, you know, definitely early on, but let's say you're anywhere from, you know, two to eight years out. Sometimes people are in, you know, that position where they do yes. wrestle with that classic debate. Well, I got it sitting there. Do I go ahead and do it? And yeah. what, what is it saying? I'm, I'm house rich and cash poor, you know, yes. or do I want to hang on to it, you know, as a, an additional emergency fund? And certainly 2020 has probably made a lot of people go, I want to hang on to it just in case something wonky comes out of the blue. So yes. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't guess there's a right or wrong answer a lot of times, Tony. I know there's the math answer, but then as yes. you point out, pointed out, there's also what I call the tummy rule. If it just makes you feel better and helps you sleep at night and settles your stomach down to have it gone, then maybe that's the avenue you take, regardless of the math. Yes, and it is. And, and but boy, the, the tummy rule definitely feels good once you can be able to do it. My, <laughs> right. my philosophy is get all the other stuff paid off first. The house would be the last thing because obviously the rates are low. You can still deduct it potentially. Right. And then just work towards it, you know, and then hopefully buy or a little bit before retirement, you you maybe have can have that paid off if everything else is going well. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, folks, so wherever you stand on that debate, you know, if you have that uh, question on your own mind, hey, is it better to have it gone before we get into retirement or as soon as we can in retirement or to keep it? Uh, you know, every situation is a little different. Always just talk with your advisor and see. But I, I guess if you have to have it, like you said, you know, in, in order to not feel too beat up and you shouldn't, that's for sure. It's what we call good debt. So it's it much is. better than having, you know, like some crazy credit card debt. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the downsize question, Tony. Now, this one also can be emotional because some people really want to stay in the home, but maybe they've been there 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years. They've raised the kids. They want to have all that. But there are lots of reasons, both math and economic, but also maybe health and other things to consider downsizing. It is. Downsizing is, is tremendously emotional. And this is almost impossible to just say, uh, you know, other than my own personal opinion, but it's changed a lot since, I, since I'm getting a little older. You know, back when I was young, I wanted a bigger house, you know, in retirement. I wanted, I wanted to be able to have all this room. Now that it's really starting to get a little closer you know, it's some things creep in and, and why do you need all that room and whatnot? But the rationale sometimes there is to, well, maybe we should downsize. Maybe we have more home that we need. Maintenance, maybe, maybe right. You know, maybe that's yeah, a maintenance, maintenance thing. Yeah. You know, it's becoming an issue and just don't want to want to mess with it with the time we have left. Maybe maybe we downsize a little bit yeah. and still, you know, get something comfortable. And some of it sometimes has to do with money. Generally, the clients we work with, generally not. They just are looking for something a little smaller, less maintenance, less worry. And, you know, again, as we age, many of the clients are looking for something on the main, you know, everything on the same level. Right. Yeah. The, the knees can't, yeah. The knees can't yeah. take it anymore. Well, and I imagine that opens up some interesting, because we just talked about paying off the house, but if you're yes. looking to downsize in retirement, these, you know, some people listening saying, well, now I'm going to have a mortgage again. Now, it depends on the situation you come out of if you sell the prior home, but it is a possibility, right? It, it is a possibility. They, they may have a mortgage, you know, if you didn't have the other one paid off or still owed quite a bit on it, because if you sell it, make a little bit of money, you know, you're going to end up probably dumping that money into the new one and, and maybe taking out a mortgage. But if you own it or are close to your the one you're selling, that really isn't an issue. But I, I'll, I'll share a story. I just had it with a client. Sure. He's relatively young and he decided his kids who are relatively young. So, so he's in his fifties, his kids, you know, are in their late twenties, early thirties. And he decided he didn't want a home anymore and he owned it and he moved into a, a uh, he bought a condo and a very nice condo. I would say, you know, luxury for sure. But you know what he didn't think about? 
is he didn't think about it. He's already kicking himself mm -hmm. that what happens when my kids start having kids and my grandkids want to come. I really don't have anywhere to even go play. Right. And right. So there's a lot of issues to think about there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I think about, you know, about that. And so you just, you got to talk it out, you know, see what's best for you and, you know, try to make the best decision there. But I did it. No right or wrong answer there for sure. Well, and I think a lot of times if if health is dictating it or whatever, again, you have these conversations also not only with your, your partner, your spouse, but also with your advisor because they might be able to shed some light on some tax situations or whatever the case might be when it comes to maybe switching from the, the home you used to have to the smaller one or whatever the case might be. So these are all good questions to think about when it comes to this component, which is also a pretty big component to your overall retirement plans. All right. So now some folks really like the idea of rental property. We've obviously had this fad for a while now. People wanted to get into flipping houses and all that stuff. But a lot of people think it's a good idea to have rental property as a source of uh, creating income in retirement. How do you feel about that? And what are some things to think about? Well, I'm definitely biased here because we have owned rentals for probably 27 years. And we started out back in the day when I didn't have many clients and we basically had nothing to do. And so we uh, learned it from our dad mm -hmm. and we helped him with his rentals and then started acquiring our own. These days, no, we, we have multifamily housing. So we, we used to have single family dwellings, but our, our dream was always to you know own them until retirement and creating income in retirement. I think it's a good idea if you know what's involved because it's not people come to me during tax season and say, well, you guys got a lot of rentals. Uh, tell us about them. You know, it, it, it sure looks easy. And it, <laughs> until you've had a rental, it's not until you have <laughs> right. them, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely not out like, you know, you're owning a, a retail brick and mortar business, but you know, if you have say a single family dwelling or, or a few of them, I think the biggest thing you got to understand is, is there is some work involved. There is some, time involved and how physically able or how much time do you want to spend at it in retirement? Right. Well, I think Generally, some, I think some oh, people go tell me, go, uh, I'm sorry. I think some people go into it thinking, A, it's good for income. B, maybe, you know, they're handy and they think this is a good way to stay active because we yes. can, you know, work on the house. But you do have to think about as you continue to age, do you want to be on a roof or do you want those yeah. 2 a.m. toilet calls, you know, or right. whatever that case might be, right? I mean, or, or, I would or think, worse, when you get the call and, and, or you have to, you know, basically kick somebody out or they're oh, yeah. moving out and yeah. they've destroyed the place. And the biggest thing that I, I tell people that want to know about it is I, I tell them you have to understand and come up with an amount of net profit you need every single month. And then eventually things happen mm, and you have to put a little money aside because every once in a while, you know, something's going to go out and you, you don't want to have to constantly dip in your own pocket to, repair a furnace or worse, you know, sure. And what we used to do is we used to go in and back in, in our rookie days, I call it, <laughs> you, know, you buy a house, you think, well, we're, we're going to net $200 a month on this. We, we were ecstatic, but right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 12 months go by and that's only $2,400 and that's after everything, but you have one major repair or you have one person that destroys your property. Yeah. You just destroyed your 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 net income for maybe two to three years. And then now you're behind the eight pole. And so you gotta, gotta think about those kind of things and you gotta make sure you buy it right, you rent it right. And uh, so there's there's a little bit of a little bit of work to it, mm -hmm. but it can create a nice income of semi uh, passive, I guess I should say, you know, but 
Well, it, and maybe you want to go the route of a property manager. Just, again, factor that into the budget, right? Because that's going to come out of what you're expecting to get for that rental income to pay someone else to manage all that for you. So True, true. Yeah. And, and most of the time, though, we found, you know, and as clients and prospective clients want to talk to us about this, if you're only going to have one or two rentals, especially single families, property managers, although they're good, they're going to eat so much of your profit yeah. up, then you're, you're back down to, yeah. uh, I, there's not enough there. But as you acquire more, they're definitely worthwhile. We, we manage our own now. We're our own property management company. But in, in back in the day, we, we were like that. We were the handyman. We were everything. Oh, yeah. No. Was, and again, great. and it could be something you enjoy doing. There's a lot of people that like that kind of stuff. But just be prepared to deal with some of the, you know, and the negatives. And, and unfortunately, you know, it just is what it is. Typically, not all renters, but I would say more than half, probably, if you were going to weigh this out, tend to, they're, they're just not going to treat it as though it's their own place, right? That's the whole, so you do, you do run into snags where you're going to have some bad tenants from time to time and it's going to cost you. So just make sure you're prepared for all that. Uh, All right. So then final one here to wrap this up, then what complications have you seen Tony in your many years, 23 plus years of doing stuff in handling real estate when it comes to the estate or legacy side? Now, whether it's just the family home, whether it's, you know, a family that had multiple properties, it doesn't really matter. Just, just some bullet points to consider when dealing with real estate and legacy. Yes. And, and even with your, um, you know, mainly your principal residence, what we see a lot of is everybody comes in, especially as they start aging and they, they immediately hear or see things and they come in and say something like, well, I want to get the property out of my name. I just want to, I want to title it in my you know, kid's name. And we of course say, why? And they have no answers. They just hear it. And most of the time they're concerned with potentially having, and this is just one bullet point, and there's many that they're concerned with, well, if I have to go in a nursing home, uh, you know, I want them to have something. And they don't understand all the rules behind that. And there are a lot of rules behind that, being able to do that. But so that's one thing. Generally, people want to do that. Other people want to make sure that if, you know, they pass, you know, everything passes directly to their spouse, you know, via ownership contract rules versus, you know, the rules of the will. Right. And so there's some issues there. And then of course, when you get into legacies, you know, if you're, if you have more than one home, maybe a vacation home or something, and you want to leave it to somebody outside of your spouse, I would definitely talk to your advisor. And of course, if I'm your advisor, I'm going to ask you, let's, let's talk to your attorney as well, because, you know, you want to make sure that you do this stuff, right. Cause you're talking big numbers here and yeah. a mistake trying to, maybe do it yourself or uh, listening to somebody on Google that you don't know what kind of background they have. <laughs> right. It could be disastrous. Well, let me, let me kind of pose you a question for you. Cause I, I think a lot of times people assume that their kids are going to be good for lack of a better yeah. term about things when mom and dad are gone. And let's just be honest, you know, unfortunately sometimes money and things make people get a little goofy. So planning things out ahead of time and sharing all those thoughts, certainly, certainly advisable, but what do you do maybe in scenarios, and, and maybe you come across this, Tony, or I haven't, but you have multiple kids, and maybe one's out of state, and you're talking just maybe the single family home here or whatever, and one person wants it, one person doesn't want it. Now, that seems like that could be easy, but I would imagine that also dividing things up or making sure that both children feel that they got equal amounts of the complete estate, if one got the home or one didn't. I mean, there just seems like there could be a lot of moving parts that you. it's better off to iron those things out earlier on, I would, I would assume. Definitely so. And we see it in, in these parts, 
even though we're in the capital city, mm-hmm. but we have a lot of clients that own farmland. Okay. And they, you know, what happens when things die or somebody passes is one of the kids is sometimes, well, you know, I, I'm out here, I'm, I'm farming right now. So I want all this. I want to keep doing what your mom and dad have done for all these years. The other kids are in the cities or in different States saying, well, Could care less, okay. Right? Yeah. We, we, we just want our cut. And, uh, you know, because we're not, we're not there. And the person back here saying, well, I, I don't have the cut to give you because right. I want right. to, I still want to do it. So that's an issue. But yes, if it, there's a lot of second and third marriages that we have problems with too. True, you know, yeah. Kids from the original marriage don't want dad to give the house that they grew up in to the second wife and right, just all, right. all kinds of issues. Yeah. So definitely got to, you got to do some talking through. It starts though with, I think, uh, an honest sit down with your attorney and and possibly your other advisors to iron out what you really want, just to yeah. make sure that everything's all, you know, very. And, and depending and on the situation, Tony, I imagine then that's when you can, you get this team together. You, you sit down with your financial advisor, like yourself, you bring in an estate attorney or an elder law attorney, something like that. And you, you go through and figure out, you know, what your, your wishes are and do you need a trust to make that happen? Or is it, you know, right. do you need a will and make sure your BDs are correct? You know, whatever the case is, and just kind of go through all those steps. And then as an EA and a CFP, you know, you're also able to kind of say, okay, from a tax standpoint and things like that, let's look at this or that or the other as well. Correct. Yeah. Because there are some tax ramifications in there that, you know, as you pass this property around, there's some cost basis and gain considerations. Yeah. And so you just got to, you got to think it through and then you got to be able to to go back to the team as needs change, you know, because this just because you set up something today doesn't mean 10 years from now you can't change it. Sure. In fact, I'm going out with our own attorney uh, at the end of this month and we're making a slight change to our buy-sell agreement. You know, so it's always could be changed, but you just got to kind of kind of get started and, and make sure you're right. doing it properly. Absolutely. And that's the key, getting started. So we're going to wrap it up this week here. So that was our conversation about the house. If you are already a client of Tony's and you've already addressed these things, you're thinking, well, that doesn't apply to me. Well, maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you've got a friend or a family member that could use the message as well. Share the podcast with them and you could do so at yourplanningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, go ahead and do so or let whomever you share that with know the same thing. There's lots of easy ways to do it on whatever platform you like, Apple, Google, Spotify. Although Google's changing. I think it's going to be Google Podcasts now. I think they're switching. Heard, yeah. yeah, I think they're switching as well. And so I think we'll be coming to Amazon Audible soon as well. So just lots of ways for you to get playing with the tax man, get some content from us. And we certainly hope that you enjoy it and appreciate it. But if you do have questions, you do need some help, uh, or know someone does and is in a situation where they need to make a move before you take any action, you should always check with a qualified professional like Tony and his team. So reach out to him at 844-707-7381. That's 844-707-7381. Uh, he's right here in the uh, central Iowa area at Tax Doctor Inc. So give him a call, check him out. And Tony, my friend, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a wonderful couple of weeks and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Mark. We'll catch you next time here, folks, on Plan with the Tax Man. Don't forget, subscribe to us at yourplanningpros.com. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through Avantax Insurance Agency.